0: Hello and welcome. Anyone who's been to Merchant City Yoga on a Sunday knows how much I love catching up with everyone over a cup of my freshly brewed spiced chai. These Sunday chai sessions really bring everyone together. A true celebration of friendship, community and connection. I want to try and capture some of that magic and share it with you at home. So I've invited some familiar faces from our MCY family to chat with me over a cuppa. I'm affectionately calling them the chai sessions. Pop the kettle on, get yourself comfy, and come and join us. Lucy, thank you so so much for agreeing to join me in this conversation in a chai session. Now I have my cuppa here, just as if we were sitting on the sofa together,
1: Um, and I hope you have too. Oh, good. Positive cup of tea.
0: (laughs) Great, can't beat a cup of tea. So just before we get into the chat, just for anyone who's perhaps watching or listening and hasn't heard, of you, world famous Lucy Crawford Ashtanga yoga teacher. Um, Lucy is a very well-known, very well-loved and well-respected international Ashtanga yoga teacher um, who came to yoga, who discovered yoga in the early 90s coming from a massage and holistic body therapy background and she's been sharing this very special practice since the mid 90s. And I'm really delighted that she's agreed to come and visit us here in Glasgow to share some of that wealth, that vast wealth of experience and knowledge with the ashanga practice, with teaching that practice. And also as a woman um, doing a practice, I'll, I'll come back to this where there's a lot of speculation around this strong practice and how appropriate it is and as we age and especially as women, but I want to to circle back around to that, because the first thing I want to ask Lucy is, what brought you to yoga like what, why did you start yoga?
1: Yeah, good question. I was, um, very much into the body obviously at 21 I was already qualified as a bodywork therapist and worked up in nature works which was part of dance works in central London and I worked a lot with dancers and various kind of injuries and and I my fascination was there but I didn't have I didn't have anything that I did for myself but the the introduction to the Ashtanga practice, which actually happened by almost accident of wondering why all these people were lined up on the stairs with yoga mats at Dance Works one weekend when I'd gone in to do treatments and ended up joining one of the sessions that weekend. So the following on the Sunday I went Wow. To- did my I did a I actually joined the wrong class and did a full primary series with Radha Worrell, so it was Derek Island and Radha Worrell. That was my kind of int- introduction to Ashtanga Yoga. Um, prior to that, I'd done, I guess, some Iyengar classes or workshop, weekend workshops, okay. but nothing much, you know. Just that was my my friend Juliet saying I really needed to do something with my body, so yeah she -hmm. took me along to a couple of things so
0: that's a double wow then Lucy isn't it because really like not having done much yoga before to then drop right into Anishanga led primary class and not only that I led primary class with Radha and Derek Ireland as well so Derek seems to get everywhere doesn't he because um I mean way back before I met David Kyle I actually had Derek Ireland's CD it wasn't even a DVD it was a CD of counting a practice
1: yeah.
0: and i would try and practice along so it will clearly not be really, able probably just as well there wasn't so much of video because
1: but- <laughs> yeah, i've actually got an old tape and you know, wow. or before, before the advent of cds one of derek's tapes um but yeah and i then did spend time um he derek invited me to the practice place but basically from that early beginning between the one class and the practice place, I practiced. So I did what I could do and um practiced really quite religiously, if that's a good word. So yeah, had a kind yeah, you're of completely like um I found something because even though I did enjoy the Ienga yoga and I still have a huge respect for all forms of yoga. Um, my sense was that the ashtanga allowed move, like a, the moving and breath of the sequencing as kind of felt more like a dance and it was something that i could i felt that i could do because spending long periods in poses i found really challenging i was probably a bit weak actually physically yeah
0: yeah and a little bit boring too <laughs> we're being honest right again much respect much as i totally respect wow. um, i anger because it seems to be that you know they you can see that they'd come from a similar teacher um just prioritizing different aspects
1: yeah
0: of a practice that's not a million miles away
1: yeah um,
0: right. from each other
1: yeah i mean and they, so, they come from krishnamacharya same root isn't it and yeah one was just the vinyasa yeah and the other was much more, um, yeah, specific asana and kind of maybe more dialogue around, you know, what to engage. Because obviously in the Ashtanga practice, there was very little information. But being a body person, I teach with lots of information. And and I actually did do, when um, I did do the first part of an Ashtanga teacher training, um, when Finn, my son, was was tiny, um, and I loved that. I, I used to go to a wonderful woman in New Cross called Dorothy, and oh, it was a blast. Yeah. Oh, those, those good it was good to challenge myself in 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 a different way. And by that time, I was much, you know, the uh, the practice was so much part of my life in terms of the Ashtanga, but they used to tell me to not breathe so loudly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it does seem to me that, that
0: perhaps things are, are changing in Ashtanga a little bit and that there's a little bit more detail and a little bit more instruction. Um, so I think that that's a good thing as long as we don't get too bogged down in that because like you, for me, one of the the real attractions at the start was that, that flow and the continual movement. Can you maybe talk a little bit more about what's what it is about the Ashtanga practice, this this method um that attracted you and has kept you coming back
1: all yeah, these so, years? Yeah, so um the the attraction was the freedom to practice alone and not to need to follow something or someone and kind of to be with myself to be with myself and obviously for the first goodness knows how long i practiced Um, i was married to john scott for 19 years and we practiced a lot together not all the time but a lot but actually my favorite practices were alone when i look back uh, and and they still are you know when there's no distraction Um, Even if my children were in the room and climbing on me that was still me alone And, and in my own kind of experience because I think the Pratyahara aspect of the practice is that internal listening it's turning all of the senses in to listen To your breath and to your sensations qualities kind of often what's restricted perhaps and how that shows up in the body and yeah it was just time time to be with me breathing and moving felt really you know resourcing and it's been a great resource for me ever since yeah
0: yeah I mean I definitely think there's there's something powerful isn't there in handing agency to someone who's come into class with you to come into practice with you because it it seems to me that I mean it's probably not a modern thing but I think it's just maybe more apparent these days that that people are looking to go to class to be led through something to be told what to do whereas as a teacher and as a student I'm looking to to be empowered i'm looking to be yes supported and guided and helped and and all of that stuff too but i don't want my power taken away
1: Yeah, that's right and i think the role of a teacher is never to do that it's to empower Mm. it's not really about you and your practice at all you know it's about you being able to see and uh, notice and be curious and you know Kind of offer other ways to to be in something and and i'm I'm full of that kind of information, which is all about empowering it's not about it's yeah. not about yeah I mean we could see that's the funny thing as well we can be really put off when we see people do really kind of advanced things with great ease and actually sometimes I post videos of my failings because I yeah. think more helpful because we you know we don't get it we don't get things right all the time you know if we're trying difficult things it might take a few times to to get up from a back bend or whatever um but it's also there are there are kind of very specific cues that we can give that will help a person to to find their groins and what and the internal rotation of the femur for example that's going to bring you up from a backbend rather than yeah come, come up, <laughs> which yeah. is not really going to help anyone at the end of the day so yeah it's kind of really finding your soas and yeah
0: yeah so what do you think it was that inspired you to teach like well, was it I, something I, you always thought you would do or
1: no. No, not at all. And um, I think I was probably reluctant. It was just that I was already assisting John in his classes by that point. And um, yeah, I, so it was really nice to get the blessing of my teacher to, to be okay or allowed, if you like, to, it was very respectful in the, you know, having a teacher was a very respectful kind of Position, and um, yeah. it was nice to that that I was given um, the blessing to teach, so to speak. And from then on, um, I I became kind of probably less reluctant. It was difficult for me because I was a body worker and a therapist, so I always had this piece like, what was I going to give my energy to? And I only had so much energy. And basically, ashtanga yoga took over my life. And uh, in latter years, so kind of in the last 10 years, I've been sharing much more evenly between my yoga teaching and my um, craniosacral biodynamics um, practice. And and of course I have been teaching um, also in the, the craniosacral arena, yeah. Yeah, Richard Freeman has
0: that very tongue-in-cheek video that he's done about yoga ruining your life. Yoga
1: taking over <laughs> your life. Um, well, actually, and it's, and it's so true. We, we need to be so grateful because we have no idea what we would be like without it. And you know, when I see other no. people of a similar age to me, um, mm. the restrictions they have in their body, I'm completely grateful. I'm I'm grateful every day.
0: Yeah. yeah i have got no idea i always kind of smile when i see the you know the memes that go around the the social posts and it's like you know about doing yoga and practicing yoga must make you very zen or very calm and it's like no i actually do yoga because i would probably be a fruitcake if i didn't
1: <laughs> same um, yeah <laughs> yeah i i definitely think um i probably got to have some adhd tendencies and um yeah i think it's really helped me to focus inwardly and ground myself much much more um, yeah i definitely get, think there's something those things down as well because yeah. i actually one of the things that always comes to mind is when i first met john in in kerala in kovalam um and i'd gone to india with a view to going to mysore but i wanted to meet john scott first because uh, a, fellow, a body bodywork friend, Ken Iron, had said, you must go and find John and blah, blah, blah. He, you know, but so I went and um, he, his little workshop was full, but I practiced with him and Gwendolyn Hunt and my friend Juliet in the afternoons at three o'clock together. And he he said to Juliet and I, you two practice like locomotives. So it, we, <laughs> we, were, we were quite speedy <laughs> and it always sticks in my mind because At that point, I was still, you know, I I hadn't had ongoing teaching, but I was really in that thing that you've got to move with the breath because that was very clear to me that each movement had to be with an inhalation or an exhalation. And because my breath was not that long, I was far. (laughs) (laughs) It always makes me laugh. And now these days, it's kind of, I guess, post-menopause, I'm, I'm much slower. Mm. I'm not particularly, um, yeah, it takes a certain atmosphere around me or a certain heat for me to sweat these days. It's kind of less. I don't think it's the same for you, but I sweat. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I'm definitely always last, always
0: last finished. So your story there is making me wonder if it's maybe Joan's early influence has at some point, yeah, just... No, but there's definitely something there about the framework of the Ashtanga method, isn't there? Like you know, that it, it's a container that sometimes is applied too rigidly, but but I think it's something that attracts many of us to it. So there's there's the peace about the movement and the breath, and there's also something about the framework in that as well.
1: Yeah, to and, know where, to kind of know where you're going and and yeah. In a way, for not not to have to think about it. So once yeah. you know, once you know the practice, you know the practice, and it kind of floats you through. It's there and it's something that you're just moving. And so you can, so I suppose in the wheel of Ashtanga Yoga, the eight limbs, you're kind of moving from that Pratyahara experience into a slightly more meditative kind of one-point focus, ekagra experience of moment to moment, moment Mm -hmm. to moment, which is a continuum. And I find that a really beautiful thing to be in, and, you know, that experience of only that moment and your breath in that moment and your bunder in that moment and what's holding something together. Yeah. And I love the way as well there, you described it as cyclical as well and
0: each is influencing the other. So it's not like linear, it's not a ladder. Um, each is coming back. I wanted to kind of circle back around. I mentioned at the beginning about being Ashtanga practitioners as women and also being Ashtanga practitioners with all the speculation about how appropriate it is for the aging body and particularly how appropriate it is and how it may have to change as women practitioners as we age as well, you know, cause I've certainly got my experience. Um, and I wonder what your thoughts are around that, that whole topic
1: yeah and I think it's that being in present time you know it's it's I hear people say to me I used to be able to and of course I used to be able to but we're only here now and the only kind of um gravitas we have is in present moment so we have to just put all of that away and just be in present time and that includes all sorts of scenarios with the menopause but then if we go beforehand you know for me practicing pregnant I was pregnant in my for the first four and a half months of my um, first pregnancy so I practiced then and um, and how that changes you know what you can do safely as well throughout pregnancy and then you know Postpartum when you've suddenly given birth and you're back with your body. How do you kind of come back into connection with yourself like that? And for the first time for me it was difficult because I really had expectations. And I think that's the difficult piece is the kind of pressures and expectations that we put on ourselves to perform. And actually, yoga is not a performance, yoga is an internal um experience and connection to ourselves and we should be kind with it so you know the first of the yamas ahimsa so we need to be kind non-hurting to ourselves and that includes with the thought processes but i'm guilty of all of it i'm guilty of all of the all of the yogic sins at different times yeah where- you know greed a paragraha wanting more than is currently with me and all of those things take you away from present time so yeah menopause has been tricky frozen hips and all sorts of funny things the lack of estrogen so I think it's a really important piece for women to allow you know we go through these really intense processes physiologically biologically and I we need to really have a himsa running in the background all the time and um, be happy in the practice because it's supposed to bring us into connection and with ourselves. So there should be joy in the fact that we've got something that we can use to bring us there. And that's yoga. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was actually something,
0: I mean, John said to me a really, really long time ago and it was much more general and it was about the practice should be nourishing you not depleting you and and in that simplicity like bang on for every you know it's bang on for every occasion isn't it and, and everything that might come up and I think I'd, I'm kind of wondering especially for women if there's something around giving ourselves permission to have the practice change or to change the way we practice, allow us to be able to practice longer. You know, my kind of thinking is, I want to still be working with us practice in five and 10, 15, 20 years. Amazing though, would be to do all the things that I used to be able to do in five or 10 or 15 or 20 years. It, that is not going to happen.
1: So what is it that I need to do? So it's to be to- with... Yeah, the ease isn't it? And to see, the thing is, the thing is with the body, if you push the body, it's going to push you back. And if Mm. you come with a curiosity to your tissues, they kind of let you in. So we have to be careful about kind of how deeply we do things and be satisfied that on one particular day, it's this and on another day it's that. But who cares about this or that? The fact is you were there with yourself, being connected. So yeah, I think it, it's that it's around the expectation and we we have to acknowledge I want to I want when I'm 90, I want to be able to get up off the floor like I could yeah. as a baby. You know, pushing up, you know, you watch the process of the kind of evolution of life and children's, you know, as they're building muscles and they're, you know, they're learning to push up off the floor. All of those things kind of run all the way through to the very end of life. But, you, you know, for me, I want to be able to have mobility when I'm old because I think yeah. health, health is in that kind of breathing and motility of tissue. Um, and yeah, to treat my tissues with kindness so that they're still working for me. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm conscious of time now. And uh, maybe to wrap up, if we swing back around to how excited and delighted that you're coming oh, to Black that's cool.
1: nice. I'm really, really um, excited too.
0: Yeah. And maybe what would you say to people who are coming to join us that weekend? What 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 could you say about your approach to teaching and why you choose to teach that way?
1: So I'm quite a detailist. I really believe Good. God is in detail. So we can be doing something. Without a little tiny piece of information that would change it completely. Um, for me, every you cannot find space in the body if you're not finding the ground. So space in the body comes from your relationship to gravity and the using of your push, if you like. And the more, the more kind of minutiae there is around your connection with your feet will follow up the kinetic chain into the hip, into the back, into the neck, into the cranium. So it's kind of having that sense of your wholeness instead of, so you might have a a focus that's a minutiae focus, but you wanna watch it unravel through the body until you feel it everywhere. So that's my kind of, the way that I teach is very much about that connection to earth. And how you're going to use it to find space in your body and also to understand the mechanics of the spine and how how certain parts of the spine don't move in certain ways so we don't ask them to we actually give the right movement to the right part of the body and I'm very keen on kind of informing in that way and also just bring yourselves as you are with all your conditions with all your foibles and your idiosyncrasies because that's what makes you you and that's why we delight in people because they're so different (laughs) um, yeah I'll
0: email you my list later Lucy (laughs) my list of injuries
1: and foibles (laughs) like being (laughs) yourself a little bit is good don't be too serious about about it because um There's no need, no.
0: Lucy, thank you so much for taking some time out your day to have this chat, cup of tea, and I very much look forward to sharing a cuppa in person when you're here. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Judy, for for inviting me firstly, and I really look forward to the workshop in Glasgow. Mm -hmm. So glad it's full. That's great. Yes, fantastic.
0: yes yes cheers yes thank you so much for joining us i hope you enjoyed our chat if you've got any questions you can email me or find us on social media i'll see you here next time